Hey Coastal, Pastor TJ here, and we are so glad that you are joining us at church this weekend online. We are pumped as we are beginning a brand new series over the next six weeks, talking about this series called Freeway. It's actually a series that we're doing in conjunction with our connect groups. In fact, if you have not jumped into a connect group, I wanna encourage you to do that. We have these books called Freeway that we have been giving out on Tuesdays and Thursdays at our church offices to anybody that wants to participate. And this is a great opportunity for you to come together in this season where we're socially distanced but yet we can be spiritually growing. And I think that this is an opportunity for us to do that together. And over the next six weeks, we're gonna dive in together and we're gonna talk about some different topics. And this weekend, we're gonna be diving in to a topic called awareness. And we're gonna talk about awareness. And next week, we're gonna talk about discovery. We're gonna talk about ownership and forgiveness and acceptance. And eventually, we're gonna talk about freedom because that is what we are all looking for and wanting in life. We all want to be free. We all want to live in the purpose and the destiny that God has for each and every one of us, but that only happens when we're walking in the freedom that he gives. And so it's important that you dive in with us. I want to encourage you to do that as your pastor. So today we're going to be talking about awareness. And so I want to start with this question, and it's this, how aware are you? How aware are you? Are you in life? Like just in life, how aware are you of what is going on and what is happening around you? Because before you really answer that question, I want to give you a test. And this test is going to be a video. It's going to be showing two teams, a, a team in white and a team in black. And they're both going to be passing some balls back and forth. And here's what I want you to do. As the team in white passes the ball back and forth between the other members on the white team, I want you to count how many times the white team passes the ball before the count stops. So if you're ready, go ahead and watch. So they're passing it, passing it all around. How many of you counting? Are you keeping count? All right, how many, how many passes did the white team throw through? Go ahead online there, and if you're watching on Facebook or you're watching on a church online platform, go, or even on YouTube, there's some comment section there. Go ahead and type in how many of you think, how many of you guys think 11, 12, 13? Some of you, some of you are putting maybe 14 there. The answer is actually 13. Now, all of you guys that counted 13, you're thinking, man, I'm pretty good. I'm awesome. I, I counted exactly how many times they passed the ball. But here is the ultimate question. Did you notice what happened in the middle of them passing the ball? In fact, we're going to have them rewind that right now so you can see. We're going to rewind it and go ahead and pass again. Now watch as they're passing the ball, you're counting. And all of a sudden, this gorilla comes in and does some moonwalking right through the middle of the video. Now, I don't know about you, but I was so concentrated on the number of passes that were going through, I never even noticed that there was a gorilla that moonwalked through the middle of the video. So it makes me ask the question again, how aware are you? Because we think we're very aware of the things that we're focusing on, but sometimes the things that we're focusing on 
are causing us to miss other things that are walking right through the middle of our lives. And we're going to talk about awareness today, and we're probably going to talk about the most important and most difficult form of awareness, and that is self-awareness. In other words, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to say this, but there are a lot of different forms of deception in life, but I think the worst form of deception is self-deception, because if you can deceive yourself, you're going to be able to deceive anyone else in life. And so when it comes to self-awareness, I think that this is a very, very difficult topic. And I think most of us will recognize that there are some gaps, there are some things in our life that we don't even recognize. It reminds me of this one time, Shayla and I, we were out at a restaurant. We were waiting in line to, to be seated and we're sitting there and, and, and in this place waiting to be seated and I noticed this smell and I don't know if, if you're like me, but I'm very aware of smells. Like I, I just smell things and sometimes I get like the gag reflex and I started smelling this, this weird nasty smell and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, what is going on? Who smells that's around me? And I lean over to Shayla, I'm like, do you smell that? That smells terrible. And, and we're, we're looking around and we start judging people. I'm just gonna be honest. We started judging people. We're like, I bet you it's them. I bet you that dude farted. Uh, we were just coming up with all kinds of different conclusions of who stunk. And as we're sitting there judging all those people, I'm like trying to track it down. My sniffer is going and I'm, I'm smelling and I'm like, man, this seems like it's so closer to us than I realize. And I, I, I start leaning down and Shayla had just gotten this new purse. Some, some friends of hers had gone in together and bought this bag that actually came from a, a, a group in Africa that is building some sustainable businesses there. And it's this beautiful uh, tan leather bag. And, and I start smelling and all of a sudden I, I realize that it's not other people that stink. It's us that stinks. It's actually Shayla's brand new purse that she's got next to us is the problem. And I think so many times in life, that's what happens to us. We think all these other people have problems, they have issues, and we think, man, I'm so aware, I've got it all together. But the reality is, is a lot of us are carrying around bags that stink, and we don't even recognize it. Some of us have some black gorillas moonwalking through life and we've never even seen them. We don't realize what is happening. And by definition, nobody thinks that self-awareness is their problem. Otherwise, they would be self-aware. It turns out the truth about all of us in life is this. We all have these spiritual blind spots. We all have these areas in our life that we can't see, but yet they are right there in the middle of our lives. And what happens for some of us is we dominate conversations and we don't even realize it. Everyone else is talking about it behind the scenes, but we've never even noticed. The reality is that some of us have these irritating habits <laughs> that everybody else is annoyed by, but we just think that that's how we are. 
The reality is that some of us are name droppers and we think it's subtle and nobody will ever recognize it or see it, but they know that we're gonna do it all the time. Some of us are constantly trying to make ourselves sound smarter than we really are because deep down inside, we're extremely insecure. Some of us try to cover up our insecurities by being funny and making jokes and, and nobody, you don't recognize that everybody else sees what we're doing but yet we don't see it ourselves. In other words, the truth about you, and honestly, this can be a little bit scary for us to recognize, is that you don't really know the truth about you. The truth about you, the truth about me, unfortunately, is that we don't always know the truth about us. And I believe that awareness in life is the first step on the path to freedom. I put it like this in the outline this week. Awareness begins by discovering your mess, but it ends by discovering God's love. Awareness begins by discovering our mess, but it ends by discovering God's love and one of the things that we love to do here at Coastal is we love to begin with scripture. And if you brought your Bible into your home and you got it opened up there, we're gonna be looking in Matthew chapter eight. If you didn't do that, they're, they're gonna put a link in, in the, the message area down there or the, the, the little messaging on Facebook where you can click and you can follow along with all of these notes. But uh, this is a story where Jesus heals a man and what happened in the chapters before is really, really key because Jesus just broke off the best teaching he's ever broken off in all of his life. He has just preached the Sermon on the Mount and really the Sermon on the Mount is not about uh, fixing all the exterior problems. It's about fixing the most important problem, which is the problem in your hearts. It's the problem that people cannot see. It's not about the things that they can see. It's about the things that nobody else sees or knows about you. Jesus addresses those things and he gets down to the, to the deepest levels of where people are and addresses those things. And people are blown away and they are amazed by Jesus' teaching. They couldn't believe the authority with which he was going at. And while they were thoroughly wowed, one man was more amazed at his teaching, and not only was he amazed at his teaching, but he was very, very aware of his problem. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. It says, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. So not only has he heard what Jesus said, but he's, he's moved to approach Jesus. He's aware of his mess, and he brought it to Jesus. If you're taking notes today, if you want to move into awareness, number one, you have got to bring your mess to Jesus. You've got to bring your mess to Jesus. And listen, some problems are so obvious, you don't need an expert to point them out. And this man is literally coming to Jesus with a very, very obvious problem. It was literally all over him. He had sores and he had a skin disease called leprosy, which meant he had all this stuff oozing out of his body. It was very, very obvious what was wrong with him on the outside. But what wasn't as obvious was the shame that he walked up with, not just from the things that were on his skin, 
but from the rejection that had happened in life because of his contagiousness. In fact, the law stated that this man, everywhere he walked, he would have to yell out, unclean, unclean. In fact, the law stated that people had to stay six feet away from him. Hello, does that sound like quarantine kind of law right now? Six feet away from him. If you were actually downwind from him, he had to stay 150 feet away so that the wind didn't blow on him onto you. And so anytime anybody came near, he's shouting out, unclean, unclean. And people reacted to lepers in that day like they would to a dead body on the side of the road with a repulsiveness and a fear that was part of them. It's almost like today, if you cough outside in public, people automatically think you've got COVID-19, right? And they, they run away. Why, they were repulsed by him. You want to talk about awareness. This man spent every waking moment knowing that he was a complete and utter mess. And not only was he a complete and utter mess, but he had no solution to his problem. And so he takes a risk. He approaches Jesus, which is a huge risk because walking up to somebody that was well meant that he could immediately be stoned to death. And he asks this question. He says, Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now I want you to think about this. Jesus has just described what a blessed life looks like and then diagnosed the reason why people miss out on living this blessed life. In other words, our own messed up hearts. And then Matthew records this story immediately following that. This man coming up in asking for help, a man with a skin level problem. One who was very, very aware. And what I have recognized in life is we tend to recognize, we don't tend to recognize and deal with problems until they hit the surface of our lives. It's only when they go past the skin level that all of a sudden we want to address those issues. But Jesus looks right past the skin level issues to the deeper issues. And Jesus looks at the human problem and he goes, man, I, I know what the human problem is. It's so very obvious. He looks right at our hearts and he says, well, there's your problem. That's what keeps sabotaging your life. The thing that keeps sabotaging your life and my life is not our exterior problem. It is our hearts. It's the bigger issue. The Bible teaches us that we have a fallen nature and that our hearts are naturally sinful and we miss God's work. Mark, sometimes we don't see the problem because this problem has not risen to the surface yet. It's below the skin level and therefore we don't deal with it. And our hearts, if not 
constantly looked at will jack us up over and over and over again. And listen, this isn't just the Bible telling us this. Actually, there's a doctor of psychology from Harvard named Dr. Gilbert who studies people's happiness and concluded that human beings are horrible at choosing their way to happiness mostly because the choices that we make are not rational. And he says, whenever we go after good things, we are horrible at estimating our chances of getting them and even worse at estimating the happiness that it will bring to us. And so most of the time, what we do is we go through life and we just wing it. And some of you can relate because you've been winging it your whole life. And I would ask you, how is that working out for you? Dr. Gilbert actually says this. He says, research suggests that people are typically unaware of the reasons why they are doing what they are doing. But when asked for a reason, they will readily supply one, right? Except for when you're a kid, when you ask a kid, why are you doing that? Why are you doing something foolish or stupid or dumb? Uh, they, their answer is, I don't know. And it's the one time in life that we're actually honest about where we are. I don't really know why I'm doing that, but as an adult, what we do is we make up a reason. In other words, we bring an excuse to what we're doing. He goes on to say this, Dr. Gilbert says this, what's so curious about human beings is that we can look deeply into the future and foresee disaster and still do nothing in the present to stop it. I just wanna stop right there. We can look into the future and see disaster, but do nothing in the present to stop it. He says, the majority of people on this planet, they're overwhelmed with concerns about their immediate well-being. And culture tells us all the time to follow our heart, doesn't it? I mean, we sing songs, listen to your heart, right? Constantly telling us to, follow this thing, but Dr. Gilbert says, that's like following a blind guide through the Grand Canyon. Nobody in their right mind would do that. See, our hearts are sinful and constantly are led astray. So it's imperative, in fact, it's the most important thing we can do is bring the mess of our heart to Jesus and let him sort it out. In fact, King David said it best in Psalms 139. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know what this verse is? This is a prayer for awareness, church. It's how you set aside the sin and the shame and the self-reliance that stands between you and God. This is how you do what the leper did in this story. You pray, God, search me. You go, God, what is in my life that is a 300-pound gorilla that is moonwalking into the middle of everything that I'm just ignoring right now, that is jacking everything up, that is messing everything up, that is offending you and, and leading me along a path that is taking me anywhere but the path of everlasting life. Show me what is messing up my life. And for some of you, 
It could be that hurt that has caused you to pull back from other people and, and build these protective layer after layer after layer around your hearts so you don't get hurt as much as you used to and you continually push people away because of that. Maybe in a culture that's driven so much by beauty today, you've become too attached to looking desirable or hot or, or sexy or, or you get jealous of somebody that looks better than you in life. Maybe for, for your, you, you find yourself flirting inappropriately with the opposite sex or, or out there trying to prove your attractiveness to other people or you're too distraught over healthy signs of aging today or perhaps there are sexual mistakes and a past that fill your heart with guilt and regret. In my own life, I find all too often that what impacts my decisions the most is just old-fashioned selfishness. But when we begin to pray, God, search me. Show me how to be the person that you desire me to be. We take a huge step towards awareness because awareness begins by discovering my mess but ends by discovering God's love. So present your mess to Jesus and then number two, recognize that Jesus is willing. And one of the most damaging things that people carry around in their heart is this idea that God is mad at them. The image that they have in their, their, their life is a bit like this. It's a bit like this, this thing here. Here you are walking along and, and God is looking up from above with, with just waiting to, till you get underneath the piano just to, just to give it to you. You've just messed up too much. He's just looking for that moment to run after you and get you. He's just waiting for you to walk there. Or you think God does not care at all and you look at the news and you see the, the heartbreaking tragedy that's out there or you look at your own life or your own history. But the Bible says if you want to know the picture that God is painting, if you want to know what God is like, you have to look at the picture that God created. It's the picture of Jesus. And when the unclean leper comes to God, you see God's reaction in that moment. In verse 2, it says, Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. And so first of all, Jesus is not indifferent. He doesn't ignore the man. Secondly, he's not hostile. It would have been perfectly normal for him to pick up a rock and stone this dude for coming to him in this moment. Here is a, a man that is clean, that is an unclean man comes up to him. It would have been with, all within his right to murder him in that moment. Instead, Jesus does the unthinkable and he touches them. Now, all throughout scripture, Jesus does a ton of miracles where he never touches a person. He even did miracles from miles and miles away from the person that was in need of a miracle. But this man, he chose to touch. Now, when this happened in that day and age, there would have been a huge gasp in the crowd, like a holy man touching a man that was diseased, like unthinkable, unheard of. Like no clean person would ever do that. 
but you think about the leper in that moment. Here's a man who probably had not been touched in tens of years. Imagine what it meant to him that somebody would reach out and touch him. So you want to know what God is like? God touches the things that everybody else says are untouchable. He meets our deepest hurts and our deepest needs with a touch of love. In a parallel account to this in the book of Mark, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion when this man came to him. In other words, that, that, that phrasing literally means that Jesus would have felt like he was slugged in the stomach when this guy came to him with this desire. In fact, in 11 of the 12 cases where it says Jesus was moved with compassion, it was always Jesus reacting to a person that was far from God. It was, it was always reacting to a person who was distant and who was outcast and who was thought that they were unlovable, unteachable, unsavable, un, not holy enough, not good enough, never, good, never gonna be able to amount to anything for God to see them in that moment. And Jesus always was moved with compassion in those moments. He's moved for compassion to those that are lost in their grief and lost in sickness, and lost in hopelessness, and a lack of direction. He felt compassion for the man that was kneeling before him. And he didn't want to smite the man. He just wanted to smite the disease. And Jesus says, I am willing. If you've ever wondered if God is willing to set your heart right, I think he answers it right here. He says, I am am willing. In fact, the word willing means desire. God's desire is to help you in the most powerful way possible. Not just to heal your problem, but to get to the source of all of your problems and heal it by giving you a brand new heart. And so if you've ever wondered if God is really for you, if you've ever wondered, can God really forgive me for all that I've done? Here's what Jesus would say, I am willing. If you've ever wondered, will God really help me in the face of this addiction? I, I want you to hear today that Jesus is saying, I am willing. If you're wondering, is there a hope for my marriage? Is there a hope for my family? Can God ever step in to this moment? I, I want you to hear today that Jesus is saying, I am willing. I know that you're asking yourself, will I ever be able to forgive again? Will I ever be able to, to love again? Will I ever be able to overcome this fear? Will I ever be able to overcome this anxiety? Will I ever break through in this moment? I need you to hear this today, that Jesus is saying to you, I am willing. Not only is God willing to heal physically, but he wants to heal you emotionally and spiritually as well. He came to give us a new heart and point us to a God that can change and eradicate everything in our life. Not only did he want to give us a new life, but he wants to give us a new heart and a new spirit that is filled up by his Holy Spirit that can lead in God and direct us in life. He desires to heal us from the inside out, not the outside in. And so maybe you're here today and you're asking God, can you make me clean? Will you give me a new heart? I want you to know that 
If you're willing to ask, he is willing to answer. See, awareness begins by discovering your mess, but it ends by discovering God's love. And then we need to, number three, walk in freedom. Walk in freedom. In verse 4, it says this. It says, then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. So instantly this guy's leprosy just disappears. I mean, you want to talk about an amazing moment? This guy's huge gamble has paid off in like the biggest way that you could imagine. I'm sure this guy is jumping. He's excited. He's telling everybody like, look at me. Look at me. I don't have any leprosy. Like he is freaking out in this moment. And for the first time in a long time, he can talk to people. He can interact with other people. And in the middle of this, his world has been opened up. He can touch. He he can hug, he can love, he can experience everything that all of us want to experience in life. Jesus says, go to the priest and do what's required so you can be back into society. So now he could walk in the freedom that he had experienced internally and externally. See, in our lives, what we do is we bring our mess to Jesus and we start to realize that Jesus is willing to heal and to forgive and to help, what happens is, is then we're empowered to walk in the freedom that he so freely gives to us. And we begin to walk in that freedom by placing our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ. And we start after we've put our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ by taking steps, steps one foot after the other. And, and we all have steps that we can take. And one of the greatest steps you could take here today, church, is by getting involved in Freeway, by committing. I think a great step would be, be committing to the next six weeks to going, you know what, I'm gonna make sure I'm at church online every single week. I wanna follow along. And then the second step you could take is you could get involved in a group and walk with other people. I think some of the, you know, the Bible tells us that, that uh, God gives forgiveness, but healing most of the time comes through other people. God forgives us all of our sins, but the healing from those things comes from other people. One of the greatest things we could do is get involved with other people. And this is an opportunity for you to take some of those next steps. Maybe it's to begin a relationship with God. Maybe it's to commit to being a part of a family and being here every single weekend. Maybe it's getting even a little bit further involved in connecting and connect groups for the next couple of weeks. But I, I came across this story, and it's a moving story. It's about a woman named Amanda who was born with a particular issue called spina bifida. And this is a condition where nerves are missing from your spinal cord. And one of the results of that is that your legs are underdeveloped. In fact, in Amanda's case, uh, she could walk, but her legs were misshapen and her feet were two different size. And, and she actually writes, she writes this as a little girl. I was happy, but when I heard the verse found in Psalms 139, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, I believe that I was some odd exception to the rule. Surely a loving God wouldn't have purposefully made me like this. And 
And even as an adult, she struggled over feelings of shame over her appearance. In fact, we have a picture of Amanda here. And Amanda is actually a, a, a beautiful woman. And uh, she is an incredible writer that is out there. And she, she struggled with feelings of shame and self-worth over, over how she appeared. And, and she said one day at a wedding, she decided to wear a skirt. And uh, despite being so self-conscious of her condition, she said, man, I felt so pretty and beautiful at this wedding. But at a reception, a woman started staring unabashedly at her legs in disgust. And it says that it's that kind of reaction that always makes her want to hide. It makes her think that the lower half of her body cancels out the upper half. It makes her fear that she will always be underestimated and misunderstood and never deeply known or loved. But she ends this story so beautifully. She actually wrote this in an article. She says, I've decided that I am going to be beautiful. Not the kind of beautiful that is loud and proud and in your face. I'm going to be the kind of beautiful that is steady and understated, gentle and quiet, but strong. It's based on the knowledge that I am intricately, intricately designed by the same artist who painted the trees and the flowers and the mountains and the oceans and the skies. I'm even more breathtakingly beautiful than the physical world because unlike those mere things, I was created in the image of God himself. I'm okay with not knowing why things happen the way they do. With not knowing exactly why I was created the way I was created. I am okay with it because I have faith in someone who is astonishingly bigger and greater than myself. I am deeply and truly known by the one who created me. And I have a relationship with Jesus, someone who flipped everything upside down and caused a lot of ruckus. He declared that the weak are strong, the kingdom of God belongs to those who are the least of these, the broken, the sick, the poor, the lonely. And I can't help but be totally enamored and thrilled by that knowledge. Amanda actually says in this article that the next time she wears a skirt and someone stares at her legs, she's actually gonna say, they're really great, aren't they? See, someday God will give her new legs. In the meantime, he's given her something so much more valuable, a new heart. One that is known and loved and courageous. And if that's not beautiful, I don't know what is. See, Amanda has found what we are all made for. To be fully known and to be fully loved. To have our hearts so full of God that we are okay being a mess because we're God's mess. And you need to hear this, church. God loves us right where we are. 
right, who we are. And he wants to love us right into who he created us to be. And he can do it, but it's only when we bring our mess to Jesus and ask him for his help and begin to walk in freedom. It begins with the awareness of our hearts and our faults and our past and our mess-ups and our screw-ups. And it also happens with the awareness of us discovering his love and his grace and his mercy for every single one of us. So it goes back to how aware are you? Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you're a God that no matter how unaware we are, you were the aware of the mess that we created. And you were so aware of the mess that we created that you created a solution. You created a way where there was no way through your son, Jesus Christ. And maybe you're out there today and you've never taken the most important step there is. And that is the step to begin a relationship with the creator of the universe who loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to pay a price for the mistakes that we have made by going to a cross and dying a sinner's death, the death that you and I deserve so that we can experience life and experience it more abundantly. And here's the deal. If you need to begin that relationship, it begins with a prayer. It begins with you saying, God, I've screwed up. But thank you for making a way through your son, Jesus, who died and rose again so I could experience life and have it more abundantly. Today, I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life, take over, not just be my savior, but be my Lord. Begin to deal with my mess. God, I'm very aware that I am a mess. And if you're willing, would you begin to heal me? And God, I thank you that you are willing. And so today, I choose to walk in your freedom. I choose to walk in your forgiveness. I choose to walk in your grace. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, you just made the greatest decision you could ever make. In fact, if you prayed that prayer with us today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put a little hand emoji up in, in the, the box there or in one of the, the comment sections. And we would love to know about that. You can hit the prayer thing there. We'd love to know about that decision because we want to give you some tools and some resources for you to be able to continue to take steps to follow Jesus because that's what this is all about. Because we have a God that not only loves us, but is willing to help us in some incredible ways. Coastal, I can't wait to take this journey of freeway with you and see you throughout the weeks in connect groups. Love you guys. See you next weekend.